Hey friends, welcome back to the show. I am your host, Jay. Thank you so much for being here. It's always an honor to be in your little ear holes. Always grateful that you will come and spend some time with me for these celestial symposiums. I'm going to be real with you. This is about the 18th time that I have recorded this introduction. I'm trying to be less awkward and rambly with them, but I don't know that that's ever going to happen. I don't know. Should I release a supercut of all of my awkward intros? Let me know. Hit me up at Jasmine's Astrology on Instagram. Anywho, I hope you've all been doing fabulously. If not, I'm glad you're here. Thank you for being here. Things will get better or they won't and you'll still be here and here I go rambling. What I'm trying to say is it's okay if you're not okay and it's okay if you're okay. Good Lord. Okay. (laughs) Well, (laughs) let's just get into this astrology. This week, we're going to focus on the movements of the sun. It is a busy week for the sun as it makes its way through the final degrees of Virgo, meeting up with Neptune and Pluto along the way, and then heading into the sign of Libra by the end of the week. Now, this certainly isn't the most challenging week for the sun, but it's not the easiest, breeziest week either. The opposition with Neptune might bring a lot of confusion and uncertainty or a bit of generally sleepy energy. The trine with Pluto looks potentially positive and empowering, but not without a little effort and elbow grease and a good dose of vulnerability. And Libra, of course, is the sign of the sun's fall, a sign where the sun doesn't have all of the resources it requires to be its most sunny self. Libra is a sign that marks a transition point for the sun. It corresponds with the time of year where the sun begins to lose its visible potency and power. Libra is a sign very much of collaboration and being in connection. It's it's a sort of a sign of the other, whereas the sun is very much about the self. So for us, this looks like a week that begins with periods of sluggishness, ambivalence, or perhaps a lack of motivation. Our vitality might feel a little dulled. We might even feel like we're not being fully seen or maybe like we can't express something about our identity quite as clearly as we would like. Maybe we even lose sight of ourselves just a little bit. Then midweek to later in the week, we might get that motivation and momentum back up and running again. Our ability to focus and discern and strategize should return more or less. We might even find a renewed sense of empowerment as we learn some kind of truth about ourselves and build upon our inner strength. And by the end of the week, when the sun moves into Libra, our focus shifts from the routines and the systems and the organizational rhythms of Virgo and into something more collaborative and relationship focused. So I'm going to take a closer look at the opposition with Neptune and the trine with Pluto. I'm not going to focus too much or at all really on Libra season. I've done a number of episodes on Libra season, so you can go through the back catalog to check out more. 
But before I dive into the opposition and the trine, I also want to note that at the same time the sun is forming these aspects with Neptune and Pluto, those planets are also within a degree of each other, almost forming a sextile across Pisces and Capricorn. Now, Neptune and Pluto won't actually perfect that sextile until July of 2026, when Neptune has moved on to Aries and Pluto is steadily in Aquarius. So while we are a ways away from that perfected sextile, Neptune and Pluto are slow movers. So they're going to be sort of in and around five to six degrees of each other for quite a while and have already been for several years. But they're pretty close this week. And I think it's interesting how the sun is bringing its light and awareness to those areas of life and those planets in rather quick succession. And because Neptune and Pluto do move so slowly and they are the farthest planets from Earth, their effects aren't always as potent as, say, like a Mercury retrograde. So the themes I'm about to outline for a Neptune and Pluto combination might be irrelevant for a lot of folks, or they might just be a more like subtle background noise. But if you happen to have planets or angles in and around 26 to 27 degrees of Pisces and or Capricorn, then these themes might be a little bit more potent for you. But with the sun lighting those areas up in this way for the first time this year, who knows, it might be a little bit of a different experience. So Neptune and Pluto in combination. Of course, we can't cover all the possibilities here, but I will share a few ideas. So we could see this manifest as feeling especially sensitive, both emotionally and spiritually, but perhaps with that sensitivity comes the ability to forge a deeper connection to something greater, particularly when we can allow ourselves to be vulnerable and real and raw with that sensitivity. We might find ourselves exploring new depths within a spiritual practice. We might be questioning our reality with, you know, truths and revelations about our long-standing beliefs and ideals coming into focus and asking us to dig deeper. There might be an undercurrent or something stronger of surrender and release and letting go of control and the transformative nature of the death and rebirth cycle. Power structures might be dissolving or we may feel the lines in power dynamics and control being blurred. There's this idea of the illusion of control, whether that's us coming to realize that we don't have the control we thought we did or stripping away the control and like the pedestals that we've given to other people. Honesty and compassion will be really great concepts to center ourselves around this week. I keep coming back to this idea of just really being in the depths of something. Pluto takes us really, really deep when transits, when its transits come around and Neptune can feel like we're being submerged into something. So it just feels like depths upon depths. And, you know, maybe we're going to the depths of our dreams or the depths of our souls in some ways. 
with Neptune, we can have this tendency to want to escape the harshness of life. But then Pluto is like wanting us to dig deeper and really go beneath the surface to understand the full truth of our existence. And again, I just feel like we are in the depths of the depths. We are in our own little worlds for a little bit with this combination. Now, a lot of this is probably going to come up in regards to each of the specific sun transits, but I wanted to combine some purely Neptunian and Plutonian themes together so we could set the stage for the bigger picture in some way. And I guess it's never too early to start thinking about things uh, for July 2026. 2026 in general has so much going on. I was spending some time looking ahead a couple of weeks ago, and it's wild the things that are coming. So I guess we can just start planning ahead in some ways. Okay, so now let's dive into each of these transits individually, starting with the sun in Virgo opposing Neptune retrograde in Pisces happening at 26 degrees on September 19th at 7.15 a.m. This transit is activated from around the 15th of September up until the 22nd, but the energy is definitely decreasing after the exact hit on the 19th. And I already mentioned how this could show up as confusion and uncertainty or lethargy and sluggishness, making it a great day or period of the week to keep the schedule as light as possible. Details, data, and deadlines are not as easy to navigate and maintain with Neptune in the mix. We may lack a certain crispness or sharpness. It's not really an energy for quick thinking. It can feel a bit like we are walking through a fog or, you know, it's the blurred vision of having your eyes open while underwater. And it's really easy to talk about an opposition with Neptune in a more negative or challenging light because it is frustrating when we can't see things clearly or when we have a hard time getting ourselves moving, especially in a culture that prioritizes and rewards productivity and hustle and basically demonizes rest and recuperation. Like we're lazy if we rest. We're not taking care of ourselves if we rest. Now, to be clear, on paper, the sun in opposition with Neptune is frustrating, is confusing, is messy, but it's also a really great reminder that life isn't always about pushing and striving and hustling that simply living and being and receiving is also so important. But that's a perspective or wisdom we seem to have lost over time. We are very obsessed with productivity and achieving and results, which isn't totally a bad thing, but we just seem to lack a genuine balance between all of that and the experience of really just being a human that's living and breathing and being. Now, if you listen to a lot of my stuff, you won't be surprised that all roads are still leading me back to Venus retrograde and the Venus and Leo transit. But part of that transit has really been about the reassessing and reflecting on our value and our worth. And I think with this transit, we can also consider how our value and our worth is separate from what we produce and achieve. Our inherent value as a human, 
has nothing to do with our output. And I bet we all know that really deep down, but it's so easy to forget in this culture. And so this aspect is a great energy for detaching a little bit from that external noise to keep hustling, to keep pushing, and to instead just allow some space to be in the flow of life, even if that flow is like a massive wave or something. Like that's just what's here in this moment, and it's what we're being confronted with. So can we just pay attention to that? We might need a few days to really sink into a bit of soul searching, which might feel confrontational, like we're coming into a confrontation with our dreams and ideals. The sun in Virgo strives for precision and accuracy and specificity and peak efficiency, but life cannot guarantee that. We cannot guarantee that. There are times of unknown and messiness and surrendering to that fact might be really helpful and healing. Maybe we can explore that through more time spent in creative or spiritual practices, or maybe we can crack open a favorite book, throw on a favorite episode of TV, a favorite album, something that helps us to, quote, turn our minds off and tap into another side of ourselves. That, you know, that side of our brain that can really light up when we're not actually trying to use it, I guess, is maybe the way of thinking about it. Like, we're not pushing for something, so there's space for other things to flow in. And intuition can be very heightened with Neptune, which can be a very helpful guide during the time of the aspect, similar to how a candle or a flashlight can help us move through a dark hallway or a dark forest without bumping into something. We have that little bit of a guide, but it still doesn't mean that we should dash forward because Neptune just does make things cloudy and hazy. So it's best to avoid making any big decisions, to let go of any pressure you might feel to rush forward with something. I keep getting a vision of this sign that has our destination written on it, but with several arrows all pointing in different directions. And I think I brought this up in the last episode, this idea of being in front of a sign that has the place we need to go on it, but we are being told that it could be this way, it could be this way, it could be up, it could be down, it could be north, it could be south. Like, it's just unclear in this moment. And you know, Neptune might have us feeling temporarily unsure of ourselves and unsure of where we're supposed to go next. In that haze and that fog, we lose sight of something important, and it's probably in our best interest to just wait until that fog clears. Neptune invites us to just take a beat and turn inward and use that internal compass for a day or two to really determine the direction that's best for us at this point in time. Now, finally, I just want to quickly mention the tarot card that corresponds with where the sun and Neptune are meeting up in the Zodiac. They are currently, or they will be this week, in the third decan of Virgo and the third decan of Pisces. So third decan of Virgo would correspond with 10 of Pentacles, and the third decan of Pisces would correspond with the 10 of Cups. And to me, both of these cards symbolize moments of pause, moments of taking it all in, 
looking around at the present moment, at the current state of things, not needing to know the future, not needing to push ahead, just really sinking into what's right in front of us. But for anyone already feeling a little anxious about this potentially messy start to the week, first of all, I hope you're able to just sink into that slower pace and let yourself be. But also, later in the week, the energy does shift and we'll probably be able to make up for any perceived lost time when the sun in Virgo trines Pluto retrograde in Capricorn at 27 degrees on September 21st at 1.20 a.m. Now, this transit will be in effect from around the 18th until the 23rd with the energy building as we move towards the 21st and then really decreasing after that exact hit on the 21st. So this is likely when that sharp and perceptive power of the sun in Virgo returns to form. Pluto is empowering the sun to get back to being its technical and analytical self while in Virgo. The efficiency and streamlining qualities are back in action. This combo can have us feeling determined, strategic, focused, and a little obsessive. It's a very productive energy. So this is how we, you know, make up for that quote unquote lost time. But I think that's especially possible when we did allow ourselves the space to move slower in the beginning of the week. You know, we're coming back to something now with much fresher eyes and potentially different insights. This is a really great energy for investigating and problem solving. We're ready to dig beneath the surface in search of a greater truth and a better understanding. And maybe that's because our understanding of something felt so obscured earlier in the week with Neptune, and that brought a sort of bigger realization of, okay, yeah, I need to look deeper here. I need to really get to the bottom of this thing, whatever this thing might be, so that I feel more prepared or capable in the future. That Sun-Neptune opposition might have brought the need to loosen our grip on something, to relinquish control in some way. And even though it sounds like the opposite, there is something really powerful about being able to do that, about being able to recognize where we can't push and allow ourselves to save that strength. And I wonder if through that process, we also come to see where we've given our power away in ways that aren't helpful, that aren't conducive to our current situation or our lives and happiness in general. Pluto tends to bring themes of trust and loyalty into focus. And in combination with the sun, it's possible we can solidify a deeper trust within ourselves. And that might come through reflecting on how we navigated and coped with the Neptune opposition. Were we able to sink into that uncertainty and surrender to the wild ride of the unknown? Or did we push against that, not feeling comfortable or safe enough to lose the grip? Pluto always invites us to be very honest and vulnerable, and in this case, to do that with ourselves. So let's be really real and consider what our choices earlier in the week could mean on a deeper level. 
Because no matter how we moved through the Sun-Neptune energy, we're hopefully reminded of the fact that our choices hold great power. So even when external events force us to shift direction or slow our movement, we can still choose how to react, how to engage with that external force. And the choices we make and actions we take under this kind of energy, this Sun-Pluto energy, can tell us a lot about the inner workings of ourselves. Again, Pluto loves to dig deep and investigate and examine and ask the probing questions. And the sun is, yes, about our identity, but it's also very much about our sight and our ability to see and witness something. It's our perception in a lot of ways. So the way we see ourselves or the way we see our external purpose might be somewhat transformed under this aspect. There could be certain truths about ourselves coming to light, which can help us to make an improvement. Or perhaps we see something about our identity, our essence, with more clarity. And these revelations and discoveries can be quite empowering under this aspect. But I want to be clear that it doesn't have to be some massive revelation. Even though Pluto energies can be quite intense and overpowering, we really can't underestimate the little details when Virgo energy is in the mix. Even the smallest bits of clarity can still provide that massive eye-opening effect. And Pluto can take something really small and magnify it, give it greater importance, sometimes greater importance than it deserves. But under a trine, we might be able to see better just how integral and transformative all the little things really can be. All right, so that's what I've got for you this week. And, you know, make sure to apply this to your Virgo, Capricorn, and Pisces houses to make it that much more personal. Astrology really comes alive once you put it into the context of how it's actually showing up for you in your life. And what can also be really fun is forget about the house placement. Just take note of where and how these transits do show up in your life and then work backwards. And sometimes you discover like new significations, new ways of thinking about the houses. Like, I don't know that you'll like reinvent the astrology wheel or anything, but actually living the astrology, taking your own notes, and then applying it in that sort of backwards motion can help make greater sense of the houses. I hope that's making sense. Like living it then actually makes it more applicable. And it's like, oh, that's why that house means that thing. That makes so much more sense now with my lived experience. And, you know, if you're ever curious about how an upcoming or current transit is showing up for you, I do offer a consultation called Ask an Astrologer, where you can ask me a question about anything astrology related, but it seems to be particularly useful for diving into a specific transit and really unpacking how that's going to manifest in the life. So, Check that out at my website for more details, jasminesastrology.com. And thank you all so much for listening, my lovely cosmic companions. Please do stay in touch. Send me an email, j at jasminesastrology.com. Follow me on Instagram at jasminesastrology. And I'll be back next week for another celestial symposium. 
But until then, I'll catch you in the cosmos.